Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams and VoiceOver Insider Editor Gary McFadden. I'm so glad you tuned in to our VoiceOver Insider Podcasts, where we bring VoiceOver Insider information directly to you. You can sign up to be notified every time we've got a new free podcast or other insider information regarding voiceovers at voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Julie Williams. And our guest today is Christine Aller, a transformational coach and change strategist who specializes in helping independent creative professionals shift to their next level of success. And a wealth of her guidance is also available for free for you at christineoller.com. And I want to emphasize that spelled with a K, Christine, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, Aller.com. And Christine, thank you so much for joining us today. Ah, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Julie. I love working with you. Uh, you definitely were a, a transformative change strategist um, when I worked with you. And so uh, it's really good to have you here. And today, we're going to talk about five ways to jumpstart 2015. What advice do you have for voice talent of all levels about jumpstarting 2015? Well, this is interesting because when you came to me with this idea of could I, what would be my top five strategies for success in 2015? I really thought about it. Uh And, you know, you know, I have a, uh, I had a 15 year career as a professional organizer and I'm definitely known for my strategy. I help people make plans of action and then help them figure out how to implement them. Right. So the advice that I think people might think they're going to hear from me is slightly different than what I have here today. Okay. But I guarantee that by implementing even one really of these five things, your listeners will have a very different experience in 2015. And here's the other thing I kept in mind is anyone who is taking time out of their day to listen to this podcast right now is already an ambitious achiever. And my guess is they've already consumed a lot of information about how to do this and how to do that. So I want to speak to your audience at a deeper or higher level. Yes. Because very often when smart, competent, achievement-oriented people hit a wall, it's not about having a better plan of action. Right. The reason they're hitting the wall and not able to execute their plan is because there's deeper issues now holding them back and there's inner work to be done as well as the outer work. So. Okay. So this is where I'm coming from today. So I'm going to go in reverse order, just like David Letterman. (laughs) And we'll start with five. Wait, do you want me to help there? Number five. Exactly. Number five. For 2015, I would encourage you to focus on creating the texture of the life that you want Hmm. rather than focusing on achieving goals. Okay, now that one you need to explain. Okay. The texture. The texture of the life that you want. Because very often we think when we achieve the things we want to achieve, then we will feel a certain way. Uh 
But the way to achieve what you want to achieve is to start to reach up there and bring into your life now the texture of what you think that life will feel like. Okay. Because the only reason people want certain success is because there's feelings behind that. Feelings of freedom, feelings of recognition, feelings of peace, feelings of calm, feelings of capability, you know, and those textures you can have in your life right now. Okay. So as an example, what if a person listening to this podcast today is a professional voiceover talent who has not quite made it to the point where they can live on it full time? Mm -hmm. How do they pull down that texture that you're talking about? They start to look at how they are doing what they're doing. Because you can have two voiceover artists of equal talent and equal experience and equal circumstances. And you can give them both a list of the exact same to-dos, marketing to-dos, you know, administrative to-dos. And the difference in how each of those artists approach the list one could approach the list of like, okay, I just got to get my postcards out. I got to do this. Oh, I hate postcards. Okay, just do those. All right, now I'm going to do this and just kind of banging them off the list and, and postponing any sort of joy and happiness and, and satisfaction until they get what they want, until all of these to-dos produce the result that they want. And the other voiceover artist could be like, well, I have to send out these postcards not my favorite activity, but I'm going to send out these postcards, get them done, figure it out, and send them out with as much ease as possible, with as much faith in that they will, you know, do their job as possible, and with the feeling that this is the next step in my path. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then doing the postcards has a different feel to it. And they are actually experiencing now in their life what they think life will be like when they're super successful. It'll have ease to it. Their efforts will be met with good results. But it, the feeling you can be in life right now, because a lot of it is about how you're doing. Your life is always now, right now, the present moment. So how you are being in the present moment is what your life is like. So I, what I think I hear you saying is if you wait until you meet your goals to be happy, you'll never get to the happiness because you might meet those goals, but they don't make you happy. And then there's always a next goal to get. And if you're waiting to be happy there, you're just never going to get there, not to the goal, but never going to get to the contentment in your life and the happiness that will bring you freedom, whether or not you're doing it full time, whether or not you're able to make a living at it. And I've learned that over the years. Exactly. There's a great quote, and I actually don't know the attribution, but it says the feeling you have at the end of the journey is the same feeling you have at each step in the road of your journey. The ah. feeling at the end is the cumulative feeling of the whole journey. So if your journey is struggle and, you know, desperation and frustration, that's how it's going to feel at the end. 
Okay, so basically you're talking about the same thing. The Bible has a quote that says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're talking about. What is number four? I want to say with each of these five suggestions, I have a resource for people. Okay. Because we just have time here for the concepts. But if someone wants to delve deeper and go, well, how do I create the texture of the life that I want now? A great resource is called The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte. The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte. Yeah. L-A-P-O-R-T-E. She will guide you on that journey. Okay. All right. That's awesome. So what is number four? Okay. So number four for 2015, make room for what you want. Okay. Because very often people are like, I want, this is what I want. This is what I want this. Why is it not coming into your life? And it might just be that there is no room for the delivery Mm -hmm. of this, these things that you want. And this is physical room, emotional room, and mental room. Okay. So it can be the actual act of purging your belongings, making space, creating an organized environment that supports you in, in where you want to go. Um, very often people aren't actually disorganized, but they have transitioned beyond their environment. You created an environment once upon a time that really worked for who you were mm-hmm. and who your business was once upon a time. But if you've advanced beyond that, then suddenly your environment starts to feel like it's not working. So it could be physical organizing, but it can also be the mental clutter that needs to be let go or the emotional things. Maybe there are traditions that really don't need to be in your life. And the key words to look for are the shoulds and the musts and the obligations and the responsibilities and the traditions and these words that tie us to things that may be time to uh, let go to make room for what you want. Okay. From a practical standpoint, are you talking about um, creating systems and time efficiency and even reserving time to do the work once it comes in? Yes, I am. But very often what folks will do, especially at the beginning of a new year, is they're like, I'm going to create a time management system that will allow me to get even more done. And really this is about, (laughs) you can't just layer your new year's resolutions on top of everything else and hope that they just drip down into the cracks of your life and magically get done. Right. Or if you want a new partner in your life or you want, you know, more career success, it's like, where is that going to go? So this is really about examining all the things you have in your life however you want to define that, and just looking is, is this really going to serve me in 2015? And some things don't necessarily necessarily have to be let go forever, but some things might have to be moved to the back burner. And what is your resource on uh, on number four, creating the environment, making room for what we want? Okay, the resource here is is a terrific book that almost every organizer will say, get this one. And it's called Clear Your Clutter with Feng Shui. And it's by a woman named Karen Kingston. 
and Karen is spelled K-A-R-E-N, Karen Kingston. Now, this book, every organizer will also <laughs> probably refer you to it with a caveat. Two things, don't be afraid of the feng shui part. Okay. This book, the reason it's so great is it's not just a how to get organized book. Karen Kingston wrote a book that really talks about the reasons underneath the clutter. Okay. Because if you don't deal with those, moving your stuff around doesn't make any difference. <laughs> so she really is, this is a great examination of what's under there. And it's a small book. So it's, she really gets to the heart of the matter really quick. And the other caveat of the book <laughs> is the very last chapter is very strange because she goes into colonics and clearing out your inside clutter of your gut. So just want to let you know that that chapter will come up. <laughs> you can ignore it and skip over it, but it's such a non sequitur that you're just like, what? I thought we were talking about, you know, my pencils. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, beware that chapter and, and don't, but don't let it, don't get to that part and let it negate the wonderful information that is in that book. Okay, so what is number three? Okay, number three for 2015 is don't cheapen your valuable experiences by having unsafe conversations. Okay, what is an unsafe conversation? Well, when you have a victory happen to you, or you have something wonderful fall into your lap, or you are having difficulty with something. Those conversations, those moments of sharing should happen with people who have earned the right to hear your story. And they earn the right by being a safe person and providing a safe environment. But very, very often, great things will happen to people or you'll make a decision and then you'll go to someone and go, well, what do you think about this? But you pick a person who is critical, oh, who's an energy vampire, who is very, very envious and can't really handle your success. And just people who are not capable of empathizing with you or celebrating with you. I, uh, I love that term, energy um, vampire, because it's... Um... <laughs> pretty much describes some of the people you know. Um, what is your resource for um, number three? The book Daring Greatly. Daring Greatly. By Brene Brown. And oh, fact, okay. I love all of Brene's work. Her books, all of her, all three of her books are stellar. And But Daring Greatly really goes into this idea of protecting yourself and her the, the quote, I don't, it's kind of long, so, and I don't know it off by heart, but it frames this book specifically, is that the critic sits outside of the arena and never gets dirty, but sits there and comments on the people in the arena, giving it their all and, and fighting for their dreams. And she's like, if you're not in the arena, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Ah. It's people who are daring greatly that are the people who understand where I'm coming from. So no couch potato energy vampires for us. No, no, no critical people. No people yeah. who like to poo poo your things. People who have earned your trust and proven themselves to offer a constructive, safe environment for your victories and for the things you're working out. Okay, what is number two? Number two 
is bet on yourself. Okay. In 2015, bet on yourself. Now, anybody who is familiar with me at all knows I use that phrase a lot, but there's a second part to it. Bet on yourself and be open to receiving the help that you'll need to win that bet. Okay. Because very often, capable, smart, ambitious people like your audience, they're like, yes, they're already betting on themselves if they're listening to this podcast, but the pitfall that those like that, including me, fall into is that we think we can do it all. We can do it all. We are the only ones who need to achieve our dreams or we should do it all because if you don't earn it through your hard work, it's cheating. Uh -huh. But nothing of significance, including your voiceover career, is ever achieved alone. And a lot of people who are hitting a wall and going, why am I not farther along than I, than I am right now, have an issue, and it might be an unconscious issue, it might be a deep knot in their psyche that doesn't allow them to be open, truly open to receiving help. And this can be receiving from people, other people on earth, and it can be also a block to receiving help from God, source, the universe, the power higher than your ego, uh -huh. that source. And when you're blocked to receiving help, you only go so far through your own means. And um, what is the number one thing that people can do in 2015? Oh, wait, let me give the source. Oh, that's sorry, right. The that's source. Right. The source. So if you're like, oh, yeah, I need help with opening up, opening up to receiving, there's a fabulous book called Outrageous Openness. Okay. By Tasha, T-O-S-H-A, Silver. And it, this is a quick read, um, but powerful stuff. And really next level stuff. But I encourage anybody smart and capable who feels they hit a wall. This is the next step, folks. That book is the next step. And the number one thing okay. we can do in 2015? Is utilize compassion rather than anger. And let me contextualize that. I am not here saying you all should be very compassionate people because that's what a good person does and be the change you want to see in the world. Like Gandhi says, that's, that's not what I'm here for. This is a very pragmatic tool because compassion uses less energy than anger. And if you want to make big shifts, you have to have resources of time, energy, and money to do that. Mm -hmm. So you need to conserve your energy and pull it away and plug these leaks that you have in your life, leaks of anger and resentment and attachment and that kind of stuff. And find out how to use less energy on that kind of stuff so you have more energy to put towards the dreams and the shifts that you're trying to make happen. So here's a little exercise that people can start to use. And I call it my little mind taffy exercise. Okay. So you're sitting in traffic, somebody cuts you off. And of course, the thing that flies through our head and sometimes right out of our mouth is what an idiot. What an idiot. 
So all I want you to do in that moment is say, oh, that driver is acting like an idiot right now. Okay. Which is slightly different than calling them an idiot because if you're just, a, it's a breath of compassion that perhaps at some point in this person, that driver's day, they won't act like an idiot. But right now they just acted like an idiot. Right. Exactly. You're leaving space in your mind to be like, yeah, well, you know, who knows why they did that? Hopefully they're driving to the hospital because their you know, pregnant wife is about to give birth. Um, but I, I can give them the benefit of the doubt enough to say they're acting like an idiot, but maybe at some point they don't act like an idiot. <laughs> and it's a little mental exercise to do when you're out and about and you're in the store and someone slams you with their shopping cart because they weren't looking. You know, it's just that moment of switching the hit of anger you give them into a more compassionate thought. Not to be nice to that person, but simply to conserve your energy. Because very often when we give someone a hit of anger, we then for the next 20 minutes stew on that anger. Oh, yeah. I can't believe people are like this. Drivers are like, we just spiral ourselves. And that is us hemorrhaging energy. And if you can get a, a whiff of compassion in there, or at least pity, but shoot for compassion, it calms you down and you spend less energy mm -hmm. on that moment. And when you see someone, here's another way to use a little exercise to use compassion rather than anger. Let's say you see someone doing something really awful, like hurting an animal. I right. think everybody can agree that you would feel they had crossed a line. Our initial response, and I say our, because it certainly has been mine at times, is you immediately wish that that person would have a circumstance in their life where they would feel the same hurt that they're inflicting on that animal. It's like, oh, I want someone to kick you, mister. You know, you wish them ill will. And that takes energy when you do that. It takes less energy if you wish them awareness. I wish you awareness because here's the truth of the matter on a pragmatic level, if that person who's hurting that animal in the next day gets hurt in the same way, that's only gonna stoke their cycle of aggression and life is unfair and I'm a victim, so I should be the you know victimizer kind of thing. Uh -huh. Ill will is not gonna change them. The only thing that would change them is that if they had an experience the next day <gasps> that made them aware that's the only awareness is what will change things. And wishing someone awareness takes less of your energy and keeps you calm. And that's what we're looking for in 2015 is how can you stop spilling your energy through all of these little leaks and hemorrhages that happen in your life? How can you plug those leaks so that you now have more energy to put towards the thing, the things that you want to do. Okay. It's very often when clients come to me, they want to make a big shift. And the first thing I do is like, well, we're going to need a lot of energy. So let's plug up some of those leaks. Okay. And so what's your resource for that? My resource for that is my mindset reset course. <laughs> it's a four week course and 
all we work on is changing mindset and learning tools that can help you detach energetically from issues and people and things in your life. And I have these periodically throughout the year, very low cost, short-term group coaching, an amazing experience. The next one will be in March of 2015. We've been talking with Christine Oller, change strategist. And Christine, how can people get a hold of you about the Mindset Reset course or any other questions they may have about what you've been talking about? All of my courses and my contact information and everything you want to know about me is on christineoller.com. And it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-O-L-L-E-R.com. Christine, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure to be here with you, Julie. And now, the McFadden Minute. Hi. Following my suggestion in our last podcast about using the Kindle Reader software on a remote screen in my booth, several listeners wrote and asked how to hook up a remote screen, keyboard, and mouse, and what cost to expect. A voice talent named Ed Victor helped me with my initial setup, and I'm happy to pass along the information. For the remote monitor, you'll need a small screen and an extension video cable. If you look on the back of your PC or Mac, you'll find a connection for a remote monitor. On my iMac, this is labeled as a mini display port. On my PC, there's a 15-pin VGA port. If you're using a Mac, you'll need a short adapter cable from the mini display port to the monitor extension cable. From that, I added a 10-foot VGA monitor cable into the booth. Pretty simple. I picked up a used Dell monitor at a local Goodwill for 15 bucks. Then I added a wireless mouse and keyboard in the booth. You can sometimes pick up wireless components in the thrift store, but be sure they still have the little receiver that looks like a small black chip attached to a USB plug. I went the staples route on both the keyboard and the mouse. Total cost, including the monitor, cables, keyboard, and mouse, was around 60 bucks. It's something I use nearly every day, and it keeps my microphone away from the buzz and hum of the computer, external hard drives, studio monitors, etc. Oops, my minute's up again. See you next time. You've been listening to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams. Be sure to join us next week for more VoiceOver Insider information and another edition of the McFadden Minute.